Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're actually not recording in Studio A today. We're on location in the home of my parents. Thank you as always to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Hey guys, thanks for coming back for part two. Well, thanks for, thanks for having us. Mom, are you ready to continue? Sure. Okay, let's do it. But um, let me think. There was a fire in um, <clears throat> in the bake shop on, on Valith Street. And that had been devastating for my father because he... Uh, you know, had er- this had everything prepared for Christmas. Fruitcakes, which you can make ahead of time, that was all done and whatever. And um, and uh, a baker um, uh, forgot to properly put out his cigarette in the locker room in the basement, and um, and then um, somehow it the the cigarette whatever. Um, traveled but I don't know and in the basement was huge bags of flour and sugar and whatnot all and all that started on fire and it shot upstairs and and the 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 big oven dropped to the basement and oh my god and so is that is that the same fire that happened around the time you were born yes and so um that that location that that shop or that location was blocked from from where we lived and so my mom was um, upstairs doing whatever and heard all these sirens. And um, the, I can still see this one bathroom that would look over it on that to that street. And she saw that it was the bake shop. Well, I was to be born in February, I believe. Or, and uh, however, I, was, I came um, in, uh, in January, a month, a month early. My mom was just, ugh. Well, that, that's a, I think that's a good place to transition yeah. Your birthday is January 8th, yeah. 1944. Mm-hmm. Same as Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell, yeah. Now, now the, the story of your birth and where you fall in your family in terms mm-hmm. of how many siblings mm-hmm. and all of that is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. So why don't you explain that? Okay. Well, okay. So you can imagine what, what it was like for my father after the, the fire and then my mom expecting the baby. And so, my baby, you mean you? Me, yeah, me, 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 me. So, um, um, I don't know how my mom communicated, maybe phone or whatever, to my dad that she she had to go to the hospital. So uh, he had to rush away from uh, wherever you know the bake shop. And wait, at this point, did your siblings know that your mom was pregnant? Oh no, they didn't know. Yeah, I think know. that's a very interesting part and, of the and story. Why didn't they know? Yeah, why didn't they know that your mother was so well, pregnant just, that she was about to you, give birth? Ju- you just didn't talk about it. Plus, my mom you didn't talk about it. <laughs> Plus, my mom was so. So, hang on a second. So, in this modern age of social media and whatnot, where everybody tells you everything and it's super public, can yeah. you just imagine? You had five older siblings. Yes. They weren't even aware that your mother was pregnant with you. Well, my mom was a small person. I, I only weighed five pounds. <laughs> I only weighed five pounds. Goodness gracious. My mom wore house dresses and aprons every day. Every day. And so, you know, the, yeah. In our so the subject just didn't come up. Hey, we're going to have a baby. Nope. Nope. <laughs> And everything was so busy. The That's fire. So fantastic. And, uh, oh my God. So anyway, you um, know, people just get busy with their stuff day to day. 
<laughs> forget Don't to tell, mention it to other family to members. tell your other five children that they're going to have a sixth sibling. Yeah. Okay. So um, my father rushed uh, to the house. And I, I don't know how the word got to him, but anyway, they had a car, drove me. But before we get too much further, just tell us where you fall in your family. You're the sixth. The youngest of six. Yes. Okay. And so, so you have three brothers and there's three boys and three girls. Correct. We had, in your family. There was two girls, three boys, and then myself. Every two years, uh, there was a, uh, another little addition, except uh, there was six years between my brother and myself. And uh, so anyway, my dad got my mom up to the hospital, and my mom told me that my, my um, dad went to the desk and, and told the woman that was checking my mom in that he wanted a private room, and she looked at him. Of course, he, him and his work clothes, and probably looked exhausted. He, you, and she, he was asked the question, "You can afford a private room?" Because so, he was one of those. I mean, he literally looked like a worker. He was he in was his worker, white, exhausted, clothes, dirty, dirty from the bake, baking all day. Correct. Correct. So Fantastic. anyway, um, I got my mom settled in into a wheelchair, and um, and uh, he dashed back to the bake shop. And she, wait, so. Yeah, I feel he like you're put, like you're, you're flying past some important details wait, here. So he, put, so he didn't stay he for didn't your birth. Stay oh, no, for he your birth? No way. But the, he wouldn't have been allowed work. in the back anyway. Okay, so no, he put work. your mom. Excellent point. You put he put your mom in a wheelchair, uh-huh. and then said. Peace out. Said good luck with all that. Good she luck. was checked in. She was in good hands. It was 1944. She was like, okay. Do he was like, you guys do your thing. Do you know how much work he had to do? It was a nonstopper. So much bread well, to bake. And you said that the fire had occurred before Christmas. Oh yeah. So they had not recovered from the fire. Oh, it was a. Oh no, they they um, um, were working out of some uh, friend's bakery down down the road somewhere. And your mom was probably just fine with this. Well, that was that was it. She was, she like, was yeah, I understand. She you was the worker. Work this is what you ask. <laughs> this is number you six. Roll. I'm good. You Come back later. We've done this before. Okay, so then, you roll so she with whatever comes down. She was down in the lobby in the wheelchair, and they they were like, "Okay, we need to get Pres- you up to labor and delivery." Presumably, inactive labor. Inactive labor. Right. Must have been. And so, tell us about how your birth is similar to Noah's birth. Do you want to tell a little bit about Noah's birth? I'm not going to tell that story, but for the listener's sake, Noah is my, at the moment, my youngest son. Actually, that's not true. By the time this this is produced, I'll have another child. So, <laughs> so Noah, <laughs> Noah is my third child who has a very unique and exciting story of his birth, which is not unsimilar to the story you're about to tell. So tell us about your story, Mom. Okay, so um, obviously I, I got into the elevator with, you know, with my mom and with Danny <laughs> t- in the wheelchair, and I was born in the elevator. Th- then a 1944 hospital elevator, correct? Not, not a current big a- big oh, no. ADA a small elevator. elevator with the big. So iron, she iron had the the baby in the wheelchair, correct? I mean, besides your mother and the person with the wheelchair, you don't know this. You were you were, you were the, the person that was born, but mm-hmm. but do you understand that that is it? Your understanding that it was just the person with your mother yes. with the wheelchair, mm-hmm. the attendant, and, yes. And who was that person? And I don't know. So there was just one other person with your mother in a wheelchair. Correct. Yes. So just in summary, yeah, that was that is very similar to how Noah was born. So, uh, uh, yeah, our precious Noah. But anyway, what's what's kind of humorous for me is um, um, 
when I was in seven, sixth, seventh grade, I was a candy striper at that very hospital, St. Joseph's. And um, they had not renovated that hospital. So I was in the elevator because I was, you know, taking mail and whatnot. <laughs> so flowers. you hadn't renovated it. <laughs> and probably in the very elevator in which I was born. I Several never times. And you never, never knew that, that never you know. were born in the elevator. And how did you find out you were born in the elevator? Only because of uh, the very interesting and amazing circumstances regarding Noah. Uh, then I call my sister long distance to Wisconsin. Telling, and Auntie Millie told you the story. Uh, telling and she's about like, oh, Noah. how about that? Because that's no, how like you were born. Three years ago, you heard this story. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. I said, After you know, 70 years, she never said, knew that these details said, about her own birth. I got to tell you what happened with Chris, Chelsea, and, and the baby. She's like, you're never going to believe this. She's like, actually, I do believe that because that was your story. Yeah, and she calmly said, well, you know, you were born in an elevator, too. I said, what? Would you please repeat that? Well, you know, wheel, the, the commonality is the wheelchair, not the... <laughs> You were born in a wheelchair, just like just on like the way Noah. to labor and delivery. This is yes. why you and Noah are so close, it's I just, think. Yes, I don't know. I, that's I, a, that's that in the red hair. That's a that in the red hair. That in the red hair. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't connected us. It's like a whole genetic thing with them. Oh my God! Oh, 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 oh. So you you make an interesting note here, where you say when you were born, you were small enough to fit in a shoebox. That is true. And yeah, and you did not have a bed or a crib when mm-hmm. you were brought home. Oh no! You were put in a wash basket. A wash basket. <laughs> <laughs> My mom said, "I you, I put you in a wash, but but you could have fit in a shoebox." She was only five pounds. In today's standards, Grandma and Grandpa were not prepared like we all are today. No, there were no showers. You mean they didn't? Nothing. They didn't have a gift registry at Bed Bath and Beyond and oh, a house full of stuff from two no or three way. showers. Mm-mm. And for months, plan a nursery. No. Right. Exactly. No, That's not what was. happened. You, uh, your husband drops you off in a wheelchair in active labor, goes back to the bakery, and you're brought home and put in a wash basket. That's, that's how things were done in 1944. It was the war. The World War II was going on. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, thank you for bringing that up. That's that's a, a point we, we might have missed had you not said that, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is is there are, there are significant historical events that we've mm-hmm. already talked about mm-hmm. uh, in the background of your story because the bakery was born or the bakery was bought in the great depression mm-hmm. you were born with one year remaining at the mm-hmm. time you didn't know mm-hmm. in, in world war ii mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you were born on january 8th i think about about a year later i think yeah. it was and the world was topsy i think it was 18 months i think it ended in september of 45 yeah unbelievable i know i know okay so you grew up in a shoebox no, you didn't grow up in a, you could have, you could have grown up in a shoebox, but instead it was a wash basket. Um, where do you want to go next? When I was that okay, when I was in fifth grade, they moved from the, the house that my dad built in um, thirty eight, um, and um, moved into a beautiful home, um, in, um, in Milwaukee also, and that would have had been, let me think, 50, oh gosh. Um, 55. When they moved to Colonial Drive. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, um, um, obviously, the business kept thriving, and um, my um, brothers were able to go to private private school, my sisters to private high schools, and um, so... uh, But even with all this... Work, 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 work. With all this success, Mm -hmm. when you were born... Mm -hmm. Um, 
you were you lived in your parents' room for a long time. Oh yeah. Like you first started off in the wash basket, and then mm. then what happened? And I just was had a crib in the corner of my mom and dad's bedroom. Till what age did you live in that crib? Until I was eight, but I was eight, small. Eight years, not eight months. Eight years old, right? And then but I was small, right? And then you only had a drawer, right? One drawer, and a little space to hang up a couple of dresses in my mom and dad's closet. But you rarely wore dresses. I, you know, I wore my brother's clothes because there were uh, my two older sisters and my three brothers, and so um, you just wore their little uh, little bib corduroy pants, and and uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you were you didn't know any different. You just didn't know any different, and it was okay. The most important thing was, in spite of all that, we had love in that family, and we all always had a good meal on the table. Always, my mom always made sure we had good food. So when you have all that, um, what more do you need? You don't need any more. Not really. Not really. Yeah. Not but, really. Not but, really. And that was mm-hmm. like really the business and just family time together was the focus because you didn't have a lot of toys no or oh no there weren't a lot of birthday individual birthday parties i only had one birthday party i was so excited oh my god which one was that i don't know maybe six years old or so six or seven and what caused them to arbitrarily throw a birthday party for your sixth birthday and not my mom did my mom had a birthday party for me yeah yeah what what so, kind of relationship did you have in your early school years with your mother and father? Mm, that's a, a good question. Um, not with my father because he was hardly ever home, and when he was home, he was exhausted, literally exhausted. And my mom was always working or cooking, working or cooking because she did the books. She did the book. She took care of the six children. Her mom, who was sick. With a, with a stroke and the books for the bakery and yeah, so there was um, there wasn't a lot of time. My um, so so who did you spend time with? I spent um, time um, with um, my uncle, uh, the priest. Uh, he would come to our home um, on his day off. Father and, Richard. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. And um, he would take my, my brothers to a movie. Uh, oh, they loved going to see Abbott Costello and that kind of thing. And I always wanted to go with them, but they said, oh, no, you're just too little. <laughs> too young. Well, they were a lot older. But, yeah, but, on, older. but on, a, on a day-to-day basis, who did you spend time with? Who, um, who did my, you play with as a little girl? My cousin down the street. And her, my, her, her, her dad, my uncle, was not only my, um, my godfather, for baptism, but um, he also worked in the bake shop. His name is Florian, and one of my, one of my mother's brothers. And um, he, that, that's how he made his living for his family. And they lived in a little duplex down the street, and um, I used to go down there and play with my, my cousin Joanne. She was, um, I think, one year younger than me. And um, they were just um, so good to me. They would let me come in, and we'd... <laughs> We would play um, house and dolls, and um, and my aunt would let, let me play under, with my cousin under the dining room table because we set up a house down under there, and and also sometimes in their car because that would be our house, or um, in an empty lot down this on the, on the, down the street, which was um, 
uh, just dirt and, and had a big, big hole dug out of it. And um, um, that was a playground in the 40s. Yeah. And I got um, orange crates from the grocery store on the corner. And that was our little cupboards for our little dishes and things. And um, I don't know how I got a little broom, but boy, I was so serious about sweeping that dirt floor. So, <laughs> and it, was a, so it was a perpetual pursuit. Yeah, and <laughs> that job was never done. Oh, sweeping the dirt floor. And all the, all the little kids, we go down in that dirt thing. And the big thing was to um, have a little container of water to take to our little um, outside house area, or some graham crackers. Uh, that was such a treat. Anyway. Well, yeah. you also had told me a story about an Aunt Birdie. Oh, Aunt Bertha. Oh, you would love Aunt Bertha. Um, I think everyone that grew up in the 40s and 50s had an Aunt Bertha. Well, her name was Bertha. And, and of all things, her last name was Umps. Bertha Umps. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and um, Bertha Umps um, lived on a farm. And I don't know how my mom and dad got to know her. Sounds like a nursery rhyme. But go ahead. Oh my God! How she came way from South Thirteenth Street in Milwaukee all the way to our house faithfully, and sat all day in front of the, a sewing machine, um, uh, making aprons for the bake shop. Uh, then in the um, uh, flour sacks were brought. My mom would wash them, and then she would cut them and sew up the aprons. And then, of course. In those days, um, you, if you got a hole in your sock, um, you, um, you... You got on Amazon and just ordered some more socks. No, you fixed the hole in oh. the sock. You mended it. But what's, and what's another word for mending socks? Darning. Yes, darning. That's one of my favorite words from that time period. And then, um, what else? Oh. I'm going to go on YouTube and learn how to darn socks. <laughs> So there were what a, you know, what, a, what a great irony that would be. There's got to be a YouTube video about that, right? But how great is that irony that to learn serious. how to darn socks by watching a YouTube video? Yeah, so and they, they sold darning darning um, you know uh, thread darning thread specifically for that reason. And then um, makes um, me so happy. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, my three brothers, of course, you know all the, the, the pants. So when the, the one kid. Um, um, outgrew the pants, you looked at the pants, and maybe the younger one could wear them. So then if there was a hem in there, you let the hem down. Or um, if one needed that was too big, then you had to hem it up. So you really got good use out of every pair of pants. And Bertha also hems up, hems down. <laughs> and, and, then, and then eventually you got them. Yes, yes. And so she basically came and helped your mom out. yes. Yes, and my mom had no time ever to help me with homework, never, but Bertha was there, and I can still see me go up to her at the sewing machine and asking her if she would please help me with one of my word math problems. Oh, sure, she'd say. So anyway, then at the end of the day, my dad would load up um, the car uh, with bakery for her and um, take her way over to the south side of Milwaukee where she would then... um, uh, go to her son's jewelry store, and then he would take her to, to the farm. And then um, a big treat was, because we didn't go very many places, was on Sunday we would get in the car and um, go to see Aunt Bertha. And again, Aunt Bertha lived on a farm, and I can still see riding down that dirt road up to the farmhouse, and um, she, Bertha had several cats, and she'd have little bowls of milk on the... <laughs> 
porch, I could still and of course when you approach the house the cats would run out everywhere. But um, um anyway. Then um, she had a wood-burning stove and a big kitchen, big, big, big kitchen that was very popular in farm homes with a high, high ceiling. And I can still see um, the light um, uh, wire coming down from the ceiling, dropping down the, the bulb. In the corner was a cot on which... Just a bulb? Just a bulb. Uh, and um, the pa, pa slept in the corner, and he didn't help her with one darn thing, so she had a... You know, not even the darning. Not even the darning. So darn she thing. had to do the work in the field, and then... He didn't work on the farm? Oh, no. No. No, he was no good. No good. So um, then one time we went, and I said, Amber, I have to go to the bathroom. So I went into her bathroom, and lo, behold, um, there was a chicken in the tub. And I said... <laughs> Seems normal to me. Yeah, that's just normal. <laughs> I said... I came out and said, Amber, what's a chicken doing? Then I said, well, the chicken's sick. It has to stay in the tub. I'm, I'm trying to get it back back to good health. I mean, what else are you going to do with your sick chicken? I know. So, anyway. Did the chicken live? I don't know if the chicken lived or not. But, anyway, um, I loved Aunt Bertha. I loved, loved, loved her. And, um, well, she was not really a biological aunt. She was uh, just a friend of the family, but we called her aunt anyways. And then later on, um, she got sick, and she was, oh, you know, she was old when she was helping us, but she was old then. And her family put her into a nursing home, and I can still picture that like it was yesterday too. And um, uh, it was a, a two-story place, and no elevator. We walked up these stairs, and Aunt Bertha was upstairs in her room, and just sitting there, so sweet, with a little like a a dishpan on her lap, with um, little colored beads like a baby would play with to, you know, uh, snap together and pull apart. Just, you know, give her something to do and work with her hands because she worked with her hands. Right, sewing all the time. All the time. She had to, had to do something with her, her hands. hands. So um, um, now that I think about it, that was a smart thing that, that was very provide smart. her with that. So I was very sad when eventually Bertha uh, passed away. And then, of course, when my grandma passed away, too, um, she was with us for four years, and and I can still picture and talk about memories that I get implanted in a child's brain of things that you're impacted with. I can still see the ambulance pulling up in front of the house and bringing Grandma in, and um, and then she occupied a um, room upstairs that was hers, and then my th- three brothers had one room, and I. Um, and my two sisters had one room, and I was in the corner with in my mom and dad's room. And so then anyway, then um, grandma eventually got sick, and she died, and we were all there. And I can remember the, them taking her from the house out, and it was sad. It was, but what are you going to do? Now, this is the grandma who at 90, I think, mm-hmm. said to you, I think I'm feeling my age. No. No? That was Grandma Moyer. That was another grandma. She was my dad's mom. Oh. 96. She was 96. And um, mother of nine had her um, ninth child. All, all, all the children were born at home. And she had her ninth child when um, she was 45. And, um, oh, my God. And she, and, at 96, she told you she was... So you had two grandmas that lived... Well into their age. Yes, and so anyway, uh, this grandma um, 
um, that, um, see, they didn't have a lot of money, lastly, so they moved into an apartment building, and um, and um, their one son and his wife, they had the unit next to um, theirs, and um, we, we would have big parties there. We'd open up the two apartment units, and grandmas and my aunt would would cook, and oh my God, all this good food, and the cousins would go in the basement and play, and nobody in the apartment building cared, but that had been chaotic, you know? And But my dad would, would bring bakery and take it out over to all the people in the apartment building. And at and these stuff. family <laughs> gatherings, Mom, you had said that they all spoke German to each other, but yeah. they didn't speak it to the kids? Right. So right. none of you learned German? No. But all of the aunts, uncles, and grandparents spoke German? Yeah. And do you think that that was because of what was going on in the world? I don't know. I don't know. But they're, they're do, big. Do you understand the question? Yeah, but they didn't want be, us because, to hear it. Well, because, you know, even Germany was on the other side of World War II. I know. Right. And that, and that had just concluded a few years prior, or, or at least within the, de- the decade before. Right. But um, that was their language, remember? The, um, right. But why not? Pass it on to your kids. They didn't realize the importance of that at the time. They did not realize the importance of that. I kind of think there's more to that. They thought to learn to speak English uh, was the most important thing. I understand that, but I think they felt like that because of what was going on in World War II. Mm -hmm. Probably. I mean, there is something about a, a family that immigrates to the United States. There was a lot of pride in that. Oh, I see. I know that part as well, but like if you're. There were so many conspiracy theories going on then, like, and if Absolutely. you heard people speaking German, mm-hmm. that could make anyone nervous because that was the beginning of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, we always had a busy household, um, but um, always a good meal on the table. And my dad would. Um, oh, at one oh, at one point he got so disgusted with the bake shop that he said, "No more." So he, uh, he, I th- he must have sold it. Maybe that's when, let's see. Maybe that's when he sold it, and then they big, build the place on 49th and North Avenue. But um, he went um, and bought a farm. He bought a farm. And my mom said she will never, never move out on the farm. She said, I'm a city girl. I'm not moving out to the farm. So... Um, they had um, cows and chickens and pigs, and um, I, I imagine they grew some food stuff. So, so now, now your family is operating a bakery and a farm. Yeah, but m- mainly the farm became the prominent thing. And so anyway, um, my dad was wor- working with some piece of equipment and um, um, cut uh, two of his fingers very off uh, the, to the first on his on his left hand, I can still see it. Me um, too. The first uh, to the first joint, yes. and so they were just kind of hanging there, hanging there, I guess. And he he went, he drove home with his hand like that, probably had it wrapped up, and showed my mom and where she was supposed to fix it. She says, "I don't, I can't fix that hand." <laughs> don't go to the hospital. <laughs> go home and see oh. if Grandma. So uh, and Grandma wow. Moyer did not drive. No, my mom did not drive. No so way. he had to drive himself to Absol- the hospital. Right. And so what and we're... Like, like never drove. Never. Like her entire she life, af- she never drove a car. Afraid. 
She was afraid right. to drive. No way. No way. So anyway, um, um, and there weren't any freeways to scare the bajubis out of you at that time. So I don't know why she was so afraid. <laughs> but anyway. That's, um, a, that's a technical traffic term, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so then obviously he refocused on the bakery. Yeah, eventually finally figured out that that was not the best thing. Oh, Although, man, I can still see him bringing home these big metal cans of milk, you know, from the cows and and food and chickens that, oh, my God, he brought live chickens home that my brothers had to chop their head off in the garage. (laughs) Goodness gracious. And... Oh, and sell the chickens in the neighborhood. Um, in the neighborhood. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sell the chickens. I, maybe they sold eggs, too. I'm sure they did. I don't know. That sounds like a super idea. That yeah. whole plan just seems terrific. Yeah. So, but you had, you, 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 now, you and, did and what you had this, to do. The during old, this time, did, where did you get your mouse? You had told me about you. Oh. Did you get it from the farm? Or? Oh, no. That my, that was a long time after after all that. Oh, my yeah. sister Mary um, uh, graduated uh, in medical technology from college and had, got a good job in downtown Milwaukee with, um, um, I think, a, I think the corners. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. There were mo- white mice there. <laughs> and she brought you a white mouse. Well, I, she told me about the mice, and I, I told her I really would like one. So I don't know how she got it home. I would really she, like one of those mice. <laughs> but so anyway, um, she did bring one, and my mom didn't care. So just as long as keep, keep it outside, keep it outside. Well, no, because there was livestock and chickens and stuff being brought in the house. What difference does no, that one was, more that mouse was, make? That, that was a long time <laughs> oh, after okay. the chickens. All right, all right. So, well, but in any case, there was precedent set for wild animals certainly. and farm animals being around the home. Yeah, so I got a box, and I put my little mouse friend in there, and I put it, some kind of a cover over it so it wouldn't get out, and I fit it a little rice puffs. And like that, gave it some water, and I really liked the, that little mouse. It was, I thought, so cute. And so um, I can still feel holding it and petting this little head and saying, how cute, tell him how cute it was. <laughs> and so anyway, then and, one... And then there was an Of Mice and Men incident, and that was the end of the mouse. Yeah, so yeah. Then, But anyway, one day uh, I told this to, to Ann, and I, I said she inquired about my little mouse. Um, I was to go up to um, my the school by, um, I don't know, maybe it was second grade or so. Uh, for don't ask me what reason, and um, maybe maybe it was no reason. Maybe I just figured that our teacher was still there, and I wanted to show her my mouse. So I, I um, had a, li- a, a little blue jacket with a zipper. I zipped that little zip thing up, and I put the mouse in the pocket. And up to school I went, and um, I showed the teacher the mouse. Well, she said it, thought it was cute, but she wasn't that impressed. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> wasn't um, nearly as, impre- as enamored by the mouse as you were. Right. So um, brought it home, and eventually, uh, you know, um, it got out of the uh, of the little enclosure that I had for it, and I was so sad. And then one day I'm looking out um, of the kitchen window, at um, and then we were we backed up to some other people's home, and there was a garden, and I saw the little mouse running through the garden, and I thought, <laughs> oh, oh my God, there's my mouse! <laughs> <laughs> but he was happy, 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 free as a little, as a, you know, just free as could be, and still hanging got, around. Yeah, still staying around. There you around. go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 
So that happened. <laughs> so what, what else should we so, share? So fast forwarding a little bit, in your notes you made some references to some TV shows that you enjoyed growing up. Uh, Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. And, right. And Howdy Doody. I'm sorry, wait, say that last one again. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Yep. And Fran then, was the, the woman that um, um, kind of was in a conversation with these two little hand puppets. And, <laughs> and then... Um, and then, of course, Howdy Doody. Yeah, Howdy Doody. And then you enjoyed Westerns, just like everyone else in the United States at the time. Yep. Initially, we didn't um, have a big screen TV, just little black and white. And the, the cabinets were huge. And we were just happy to um, be able to, um, to have that. And then um, when I was really little, um, uh, we didn't even have TV. We, we just had one little radio. And I can still see it up on a shelf in the kitchen. Two dials, just one where you could set the dial and the other on and off. And my grandma would be sitting there and um, Bertha and maybe some other family aunts. And they'd all be listening to the uh, stories on the radio. Ah, the stories. The stories. Like days of our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that just kept going on with you and mom. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that gave both. It the started TV. on the radio. It did. You didn't oh know that great, with our great grandmother. Did you not know that? Oh my! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at Christmas they'd uh, air a little uh, show called Billy the Brownie, and oh, I used to love to listen to Billy the Brownie. But just think about it: one little radio, and um, we we're happy to have that one radio. And then, of course, when the the TVs came in, the little tiny little screen with the big um, cabinet in black and white, we thought, oh, man, we are really stepping up now. And as far as telephone, uh, for a long time, we had a shared line on a a, a, black telephone. And um, so um, sometimes you pick up and and somebody else was at the time in, in a conversation so you have to put it down and wait for them to finish. Come back later. so like like the neighbor yeah yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's so not that's entirely how, different than it is now right oh my gosh yeah so that yeah so so give us just a a summary just a summary of your of your school experience i started out with uh kindergarten at a, at a um public school and so they um, had kindergarten in 1949 it was that was something that was already established. Yeah. Okay. And um, um, I, I had to walk there most of the time by myself. Although sometimes Aunt Bertha would help me cross the busy street. Okay. And, Wait, so hang on. So you, so you walked to kindergarten at the age of five. Yeah, yeah. Down down the road, oh, crossed yeah. a busy street by yeah. yourself. Yeah, and it was a street okay. that the streetcars went on and and stuff. But yeah, oh uh, 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 yeah, absolutely. And nobody was there after school to pick you up. You simply came out and went find found your way home and, and walked home again, and walked again home. mostly by yourself. By yourself, and but sometimes Aunt Bertha was there. Someone she was at the house to help with other things. Then and it was a half day situation, and I can still remember um, taking a nap on a piece of carpet and. Uh, drawing um, tulips and working with puzzles. That was kindergarten, and then um, then I went um, to kindergarten in, in um, at Catholic school. Um, 
um, I, I, I think I must have passed kindergarten, but <laughs> that I repeated or what? Don't ask me. But it, um, it was a you know a half day situation, and the other thing was a half day situation. So it was, we probably had to put in a whole year. So that was I mean I don't know maybe I still have my report card, but um, then um, I stayed at that school until fifth grade, and uh, I don't have the note in here, but. Um, I was always af- kind of afraid to go to school because um, my brothers were kind of naughty, and um, <laughs> kind of. I thought. So what? So what made the, what made you afraid of school because of that? Well, well because I thought the sisters wouldn't like me because they were mad at my brothers. <laughs> and, and by yeah. sisters, because because the nuns. Because we're located in the south. We're, this shows out of Texas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> People down here can't relate to your catholic education so you went to a school that was there was part of the catholic church correct and the teachers and administration were all priests and catholic nuns in the school of catholic nuns absolutely and so um which there's people in this part of the country that don't even know what that is no they don't in any case that's yeah that, that was the situation right but i liked it there and but anyway um um then my my parents continued to work 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 and um Made money, uh, and they. My dad uh, then, when I was in fifth grade, which would have been in nineteen, I don't know, fifty-five. Yes, that's about right. 11. Fifty-five. Built my mom a, a beautiful home on a corner, um, brick, um, one story, um, four-car garage. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. I thought and. A dishwasher was in that house. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom finally got. A new set of dishes. Prior to that, we had um, dishes that nothing matched. I mean, all, all different kinds of plates, and they were, you know, got broken or whatever, and you just bought a couple more plates and added, but it was just a menagerie of mm-hmm. things, just a menagerie. So my mom got a dishwasher and a new set of dishes. I could not believe it. So anyway, um, I had to find my way to the school. Uh, which is also a Catholic school, and my my mom didn't have a car, and so you just go down that street and down around the corner, and I thought, oh, God. And um, so I found my way down to the school, and I got up to the fifth grade classroom. Oh, I can still see that day. And I saw there a girl that I knew from my other school. Her name was Marianne Krems. And I'm... Um, I was just so happy to see her. Oh, gosh. And so anyway, at lunch, um, I was to go home to have lunch, walk home for lunch. And I came out of the school. I didn't know what direction to go in. I've got so much time and to get home, eat my lunch, and get back here. And and if I can't find my house, oh, my God. (laughs) But um, so I started out, and it started to look more and more familiar you know, streets. So I thought I must be going in the right direction. Then I went further down. Oh yeah, I know this place now. So I went down, and and I guess I made it back in time. <laughs> but um, so that was that was um, interesting. And um, so where did you go to high school? I went to an all girls Catholic high school. And what was it called? Divine. At the time, it was Divine Savior. Then um, I went on to college to um, Mount Mary College, all-girls Catholic College, which is now Mount Mary University. And I graduated with a bachelor's degree in art and a minor in home ec, certified to teach 12, K through 12. 
And, and um, that college or that college is across the street from your house. Yes. 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 On Colonial Drive. Right. Well, sometimes I used to um, uh, walk uh, just across campus, but in the summer, or I'm summer, in the winter when it was so cold and, and all the snow, um, my dad let me take his car. And I had a lot of art, uh, things from, from my art courses. Okay, once again, we, we've run out of time, and we're going to continue this in another episode. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. Absolutely. Great. Please join us tomorrow for part three. We have so much to cover, including how mom meets dad and her response when my dad decides to move our entire family hundreds of miles away to a foreign land. Until tomorrow, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. We're in a slowdown zone, oh, baby, look at that clock. Why can't it be wrong if we could have left home at a quarter to You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.